Thank you, John. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you today. Uh, Shall we just bow our heads in prayer? Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your presence amongst us today. Lord, we thank you that when we gather as your family here, then you are always with us as well. And Lord, I pray now that you may speak into our hearts and our minds, that you bring words of comfort, encouragement and challenge. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, we're continuing our series uh, called Belong, which is thinking about what does it mean to belong to church? And uh, we've been thinking about different things, so we started with belonging, and we've talked about connecting and eating together, and we've talked about accountability, uh, and Hetty last week talked about service. If you didn't hear uh, Hetty's talk, I'd encourage you to listen to it, it was, uh, it was all right. Um, and today, uh, you, you might have caught on with talking about giving, and you might think, oh, we're talking about money, great, that's exciting, and you've all got uh, in your uh, leaflets today, standing order forms and gift aid forms. Uh, well, I am going to talk about money, but I'm going to talk about some other things that are more important first. So yeah, I think last year we, we did a big series on, on giving money, uh, and we, we kind of set the bar high, and uh, today I want to set the bar even higher. All right? I want to put a challenge out to you. But the challenge isn't really about money. It's about something else. And I want to think about giving today in, in its widest form. All right? It's not just about finance. It's about other things as well. And let me ask you a question, first of all. And it's a question I think I've asked at the front before. Uh, it's a question I like to ask of Christians, especially when they're in church. Uh, why are you here? Why are you here? Why are you here in this specific place? There's a number of good churches in Southport. You go to any of them. Why are you here today? Well, you could say, well, uh, I like to come here because I, I get good worship here. Or I like to come here because the preaching is passable. Yeah. I like to come here because my friends are here. And most of our answers would be, to be honest, pretty selfish. It's about what I get out of it. And most of us live our life that way with everything we do. You know, we go to certain shops or we go to certain clubs or we go to certain people for what we get out of that experience. In fact, our whole life seems to be about going from one experience to another, getting something out of wherever we go. That's called consumerism. But that's not church. In almost every kind of image of church in the New Testament, it's not about what you get, it's about what you give. And in that, church is entirely countercultural. Church is, a, is going against the flow of society because when you gather together as church, I mean, you know, here there are a huge variety of different groups of people and you'd think, you know, there's probably not a chance in hell that if I wasn't in church, I would be with any of these people at all. You, that was too loud, yeah. Uh, <laughs> only you thought that was funny. Um, but church is something amazing and glorious and that brings all sorts of people together who connect in some way, who belong together in some way. And that is the glory of the church. That is the beauty of the church. That's what makes the church so special, that 
It draws together humanity under God to be family. And I want to start today by thinking about giving in its wider sense. You see, there's a little verse right at the beginning of our reading, which was quite a long reading, and I'm sorry about that. Uh, But Paul is talking about the Macedonian church who had made this incredible gift to some of the poorer churches in Jerusalem who were struggling with, with famine. And even though the Macedonian churches were poor themselves and facing persecution, they gave generously. But Paul doesn't point to their gift. He points to something else. He says uh, in verse 5, he says, the Macedonian church exceeded his expectations. What a wonderful thing that is. Exceeded his expectations because they gave themselves firstly to God and then gave themselves to us. And I've read that verse a hundred times, but the power of it only hit me really this week. And you may be thinking, well, hmm, I knew that was powerful. Well, I'm thick. Uh, So this is a powerful verse when you think it through. See, the key to giving isn't about giving what you have, it's about giving yourself. That is the key to all giving. And the challenge I want to give you today is, yeah, it's about money and it'll be about time, those things I'll get onto in a minute. But it's about giving yourself to this group of people. Hetty described it last week as being all in. But I want to move it not simply all in in terms of being engaged with the vision or giving your time and serving in different ways. Just simply giving all of you to this disparate, dysfunctional group of people that we call our church. So that's what giving is. And we, uh, we I think Mark uh, raised this quote that uh, as the preachers gather to, to think about the sermon series, uh, I think Andrew brought it to us. Uh, it's a, a quote by Dr. Yuri Brofenbrenner. Great name. Uh, and he defined family as a group which possesses and implements an irrational commitment to the well-being of one another. I love that phrase. Because family is weird, isn't it? Every family is entirely dysfunctional. Okay? Every family. I don't care if you think you had the best childhood ever. Okay? You probably did, but it was still dysfunctional. Because it was still imperfect in some way. I had a great childhood. My mum and dad are lovely. But I know that my childhood had all sorts of areas of weakness and things could have been better. And I, I grew up with all sorts of hang-ups. Andrew and I worked really hard with our kids. I mean, we, we spent time praying for them and thinking about how we grow them and reading books about it. And they're a mess. <laughs> See, we all come from wounded backgrounds. We all come from dysfunctional families. And when we gather together as church, it's really hard to start thinking in terms of this group of people as family. But we are. Because probably that is the most talked about metaphor for church. Family. 
We're family. We're brothers and sisters. We're connected in such a way that it's not just friendship, as we've talked about. It's not just attending a building or attending a service. We're family. We belong together. We're connected through Jesus. And it's an incredibly powerful countercultural thing that we're doing here today. You are not just attending church. You're here as a group of people who in any other circumstance would never connect together. But we're here together as family with an irrational commitment to one another. See, the Bible talks about it in all sorts of ways, especially you know, all through the New Testament. But, but Paul talks about it in Ephesians 4, he says, you know, submit yourselves to one another. In what other context would you ever submit to someone else? No other context. In, uh, all through the New Testament, Paul especially, but also uh, Peter and John, have uh, these phrases that they're being called the, the one another's. It's a Greek word, uh, alilon, and it simply means one another, but it's, it's a phrase that is used time and time again. It's like love one another, forgive one another, support one another, care for one another. There's 47 one another's in the New Testament. Two thirds of them are all about unity and loving one another. The other third is all about how you build one another up. That's church. It's all about the other. It's not about what you get out of it. It's not about you thinking, well, hmm, the worship wasn't great today. There's a, a story, I'm sure it's true. Uh, there's a pastor called Francis Chan. Uh, someone came up to him and said, oh, I didn't like the worship today. And his response was, well, it's just as well we weren't worshipping you then, isn't it? <laughs> but that's our attitude, isn't it? We want to get something out of it. And yet church is about what we give. And what we give is ourselves, completely and wholeheartedly. See, in doing that, we become like Jesus. See, that's the key for all of us, isn't it? Our discipleship is all about becoming like Jesus. And Philippians 2 talks about Jesus who... In his very nature was God. Did not try to become God, grasp at being God, but became a servant to us all. Read Philippians 2. It is an incredibly powerful passage of Jesus, describing Jesus as someone who laid aside everything that he was in order to give himself totally to us. Even if that meant his death, he became obedient even to death on the cross. He gave himself totally to the church. And if we're to be like Jesus, then we need to do that too. See, Jesus wasn't just after some kind of short-term gain for himself. He wasn't grasping for something for him. He was giving himself to the church. And I want to encourage you to have the same mind as Christ, as Paul says. To be like Christ in this. 
and to give yourself to this weird and wonderful bunch of people around you. Because that is the true nature of giving. It's not about how much you stick in a plate. It's not about how much you serve in church. It's about how much of yourself you are giving to people here. So I, I, you know, I travel all sorts of churches and speak to all sorts of people. I was talking to someone two weeks ago who said, uh, you know, there's someone in their church who does all sorts of things. But her words were, she only does it for what she gets out of it. She can serve for all the wrong reasons. You can give financially for all the wrong reasons. It starts with, are you giving yourself to this group of people? Because that is an expression of your love. That's what you do when you love people. You give yourself to them. That's what we do with our families, isn't it? There is nothing that any of us would not do for our family. And we're family. See, the thing about when everyone lives as family, when everyone plays their part, when everyone understands that they have a role to play, then everyone benefits. So you might be thinking, that, sat there thinking, well, you know what, oh, if I start giving this and giving that, what about me? But if we're all doing that, then we all benefit, don't we? If we are all giving ourselves to each other, then in the end, everyone should benefit. And that's what a lot of our reading today was about. So in uh, 2 Corinthians 8.14... Uh, Paul says to the people of Corinth, at the present time, your plenty will supply what others need. So that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. That's, that's mutual sharing. That's giving yourself to the other. Even if it costs you something, at some point further down the line, they will give you at your point of need. And in that Chapter 9, um, Paul says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You know, we have all sorts of plans here at church. We can't do most of them because we either don't have enough people serving in them or we don't have enough money. And yet, in reality, amongst all of us, all 250 people who belong to this church, we don't know how many there are, but it's about that. There is enough money and there are enough people. We can take this town for Jesus if we all play our part. We can do all sorts of things if we all play our part. We can be incredible if we all play our part. And that is what giving is all about. It's about you discovering your role within this family and living it out. No matter whether that is simply that you... When I say simply, don't misunderstand me. Praying for all the things that are going on and praying wholeheartedly, interceding for them. Or whether you're able to give huge amounts of money. Or whether you're able to give huge amounts of time. All of these things are you playing your part. But it needs all of us to play our part. You know, in every healthy family, you teach your kids to play their part, don't you? 
Every kid should know what it means. Yeah, I've got a little kid going like that over there. (laughs) Every kid should know their chores. Every kid should be able to know what they have to do in the house to make the house work. And if some members of the family are just there to take, it puts the onus on everyone else to do extra. And usually that's mum, as Hetty points out last week. You know, when our kids started to earn money, even if it was just a paper round, what that meant was we gave them less because they were earning themselves. And when they earned a bit more, they contributed to certain things in, in, in the house because they needed to learn to play their part. The hardest time is, of course, when they're teenagers. See, when they're kids... When they're little babies, little babies don't give anything to the family apart from joy. Don't they? Babies give a lot of joy. A lot of pain as well. A lot of sleepless nights, but a lot of joy. (laughs) When they're a little bit older, you know, kind of primary school, they're all keen. They want to please mum and dad. When they're teenagers, it's just take, take, take. Yeah, I'm looking at one. Uh, Because they're suddenly learning that they can make their own decisions. They can do their own thing. They're discovering their own identity. And it takes a while for them to work through that. I remember when our girls got to about 19, 20, we both said, ah, we've got Jessica back now. Because all of a sudden, something changed and she was the person that we knew her to be. Same with Rachel. Too many Christians, though, are teenagers. I'll let that one sink in a little bit, okay? So there's a few nervous laughs there. It's about what you want to get out of it, not what you put into it. And when it doesn't go your way, you get a bit grumpy. You know, if we are growing up, then we need to learn how to play our part in the life of the family. We need to learn to play our part in giving to the rest of the family whether that's in service or financially or any other way. That's what it means to be a family, that we all get to play our part. So let's think about that a little bit. You see, when I'm talking about giving yourself to to church, I'm not talking about giving to the institution. Because that's what we tend to think about, isn't it? You know, we, we tend to think that we are giving to the institution of church. But I want you to think differently. You are, think, you are giving to your family. Because that's what we are. You are giving to the people here. You are giving to God's people here. And that should change your attitude a little bit. Because, you know, it's easy to think in terms of the institution. Oh, the institution's rich and all that kind of stuff, and it isn't. Let me tell you, Liverpool Diocese is close to bankruptcy. It's close. Um, But you're not giving to that. You're giving to this. You're giving to this group of people. And although we are organised about it, and we have procedures and policies and a way of going about our business... That is only to secure how the family functions. And because we're family, we should be willing to give generously. 
So what do we give? Well, of course, we give money. And every family has a whole bunch of bills to pay, doesn't it? You know, some of those bills are big and some small, but we all have a never-ending list of bills to pay. And this church does as well. This church has all sorts of bills to pay, whether that's wages or the heating or the electricity or maintaining this building. There's all sorts of bills to pay. And they're the min- that's the bottom line. But as a family, we also have a purpose. And our purpose, we decided together, is to transform this town for Jesus. And with all our hopes and our aspirations for that, we always need the M word. We always need money. And I want to encourage you as you think about your role in this family, what it means for you to belong to this family, to think about, well, maybe I should stop being a teenager and stop being grumpy about it and actually give generously to all that God wants to do here, to give generously to this group of people for what God has planned for us. See, we are a family with a purpose. We are a family on mission. A mission to transform this town for Jesus, to play our part in that. And I hope that you get excited enough about it to to think, yeah, I want to give to that. Now, you may already be giving, and if you are giving and content with the amount that you are giving, that's fine. But it might be that your circumstances have changed. Maybe you're earning less. And that unfortunately happens a lot these days. In which case, it is entirely appropriate that you give less. And you should not feel guilty about that. And it might be that you are earning more. There is a responsibility that comes with that to give more. Because your giving helps those who can then give less. That's what the whole passage is about. That those who are in plenty at one point, they give generously. Those who are in need, they give less. And over a period of time, that just balances out. And we should, amongst all of us, be able to fund everything that God wants us to do. And so I would encourage you, on a regular basis, to consider your giving. And we do not mind if it reduces because of your circumstances. But let me encourage you, if you feel that your income is such that you could give more, then pray about that. Act on it. Don't, yeah, don't just pray about it forever. <laughs> Act on it. Because the family needs you to play your part. But the other side of giving is time. And we talked last week, or Hetty talked last week about serving. And we didn't talk about volunteering. Because you don't volunteer in a family, you serve in a family. No mum has ever said, who's volunteering to do the dishes today? They look for someone or told someone to do it. And so serving is about us serving the other people in church. And every household has its household chores. This church does. 
So there are people who, like Martin's on the sound desk, and we've got, uh, is it Mike on the camera, and we've got Margaret on the, uh, the presentation here. We've got people doing welcoming. Uh, we've got people doing refreshments. Uh, tomorrow, someone will come in and clean. There's all sorts of chores that need to be done. And we can leave it to the 20% of people who seem to do everything, or you can say, you know what? I want to grow up. I want to stop being a teenager who takes and I want to be the adult who gives. I want to find my role in this. And it might be something small or big. It really doesn't matter. We all play a part. And last week, uh, I was going to have Oprah with me, but last week we gave out a leaflet with all sorts of opportunities to serve in this church. All sorts of ways in which you can help the family thrive. Because that's the whole point of it, isn't it? That we enable the family to thrive. But the second area in which you give give time is that you simply give time to each other. And that's what the meals are about. You You are giving time to each other. You are spending time with one another. Learning about each other's joys and sorrows and aspirations for their life. You're learning about things that that make them tick. You're spending time. You're giving time to others. And there's nothing more important than that, is there? You know, it's it's a common phrase, isn't it? The, The family that eats together stays together. And I can pretty much point out that in every really, you know, dysfunctional family, because we are dysfunctional, uh, every really dysfunctional family, they hardly ever eat together. There's no kind of communion time. No time in which they could share stuff. When Andrew and I uh, and our kids were little, we used to do uh, every meal time in the evening, uh, highs and lows. And we'd go around, and everyone would share something that was a great thing about that day and something that was a bad thing about that day. And we would just talk about it and pray about it together. Because mealtimes are the things that bind us together. And as we eat together, that's what's happening. We're being bound together by our common shared life. And just because we've reached the hundred, you know that does not mean the meal stopped, don't you? What, what we hope with this is that we're simply kind of kick-starting you to think about how we eat together at different points. How it becomes part of our DNA that we simply, in all sorts of ways and in all sorts of situations, we share life together. And after Easter, when all this has stopped, we've moved on to something else. Please, please keep eating together. Think about who you'll invite. Think about what you'll do. And as uh, Rob said, it doesn't have to be anything big, just something small. Something simple. Because the food isn't the thing. Fellowship is the thing. So let's give time to one another. Let's give financially to the needs of this family. And in doing so, we start to flourish and thrive. One final thing. It is all about attitude. Paul talks in that passage about How God loves a cheerful giver. 
whenever your attitude is a bit like that, it's probably because you are feeling separate from the family in some way, or you're not loving the family as you should. And for all of us, you know, we all carry the hurt, habits and hang-ups of the past, to quote the phrase from Celebrate Recovery. We've all been burned by family, we've all been burned by other churches, you may have even been burned by this church. And it colours the way you act and think about church. But in the end, what we want to get to is to a place where we are freely giving ourselves to each other. Freely giving our finances, our time, whatever, to the needs of this family. And so I want to encourage you to check your attitude. And if you feel that your attitude is a bit misplaced, it's a bit kind of off-centre, not where it should be, then why not receive prayer for that? Because we need to constantly step into being family. Family doesn't just happen. You have to work at being family. Every individual family has to work at being family. It's even more so for us lot. We have to work at being family. And for some of that, that is dealing with the past. And you may have been through all sorts of difficult times that have shaped the way you think about connecting with others. And in a moment, there'll be people over on the, by the windows who would love to pray with you for that. Who would love to pray with you to step into what it all it means to be family. Because wouldn't it be wonderful to let go of some of the baggage? Wouldn't it be wonderful to have some of that hurt healed? To have that broken heart bound together? Stop allowing the past to dictate your present. Allow God to deal with it so that we together can step into a future that is filled with hope and faith and imagination for what God can do amongst us. Because that's what we're meant to do, isn't it? Step into the future with God, letting go of all the baggage that we've acquired over the years so that we're free. Free to be the family that God intended us to be. Should we stand? And with those who are on our ministry team just like to uh, get into place, that would be fantastic. And the band will come up. And I'm going to pray for, for us all in a moment. But do please use these guys. These are simply your brothers and sisters who want to be with you and help you move and be the person that God intended you to be. Help you deal with that stuff that you've perhaps held on to for far too long. Heavenly Father, I thank you that, uh, that you make us family. I thank you, Lord, that you allow us to be who we really are. 
amongst a whole group of people who love us and care for us. Help us, Lord, to be truly real with this group of people, to give ourselves to them completely, wholeheartedly and authentically. And Lord, I pray that here in this place, we would always feel safe to be who we are. And Lord, as we think about all the aspects of giving, Lord, I pray that you'd lay on our hearts, if we're to give more, to give less, that you'd speak to us about that. Speak into our hearts about ways which we can serve. Lord, help us to act on what you say to us. Lord, help us now to let go of all those things that would stop us being family. And let us move into freedom. In Jesus' name.